Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, May. I tell you, may I tell you that it is June? Because it is June. That's where I was going with that. That was all planned. I, I didn't accidentally think it was May or, or was going to say it was May. Because I, I know it is June 11th, 2021. Friday, that is. The week of is what this podcast is for. <laughs> great start anywho this is gonna be a short show i know when i say that it never is but i guarantee it this time i guarantee this episode will be potentially under or at least around 20 minutes because i only have three games to talk about in terms of what i've been playing and none of them do i feel so strongly about that i expect to talk about them in great Length, but those games do include Green Hell, Donuts Injustice, and Dungeon Escape. And that is Donuts Injustice, Donuts Apostrophe and Apostrophe Justice, not Donuts Injustice, like it's some weird fighting game about Krispy Kreme versus Dunkin' Donuts or anything, but uh, Donuts and Justice. And you can probably put two and two together to figure out what a game about Donuts and Justice entails. Who likes eating donuts, historically speaking, in, in movies and everything, and, and likes to deliver justice, 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 to deliver justice, or, you know, beat the hell out of someone who doesn't deserve it. <laughs> but uh, before I get to what I've been playing, been uh, keeping up with the streaming, which has been fun. Playing some more games for Attack the Backlog, which may or may not be fun all the time, but being able to interact with chat while I do it makes them more fun. And I think I've come to a new conclusion to better optimize my script writing process, and that is to just make the script itself very clean and concise and bare bones. Think Ernest Hemingway, I guess, would be the, the best example. He's probably my favorite writer and I like his very to the point writing style and lack of superfluous words and all that kind of stuff but what I do struggle with when writing scripts and it can make the process go longer than I would like as I'm trying to edit and fine-tune this script or that script my mafia one took longer than I would have liked and it may have been in part because of that, but I think there were other issues with my Mafia script that I, I finally did finish it. But what I'm getting at is that I usually script out even interjections where I am adding context to something or whatever. Where I'm like, okay, here is how I feel about this game. And by the way, I have this history with the series and so on and so forth and blah, 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 blah. And I do all that and I script it all out. I write it all out. But... That never ends up flowing the way I would like. It flows all right in my head at the time of me thinking it and writing it down. But when I read everything back, it just breaks everything up and never feels right. So what my plan is, is to just make that very clean, concise script about the game that it's about and then... When I record the script, I can interject freely 
off the whim and whatnot so that I can just put in my own little tangents and stuff organically throughout the script reading process. And that'll also make it not really that much easier, but I, I still want to put out my scripts and, and maybe just edit them ever so slightly so they feel more in line with traditional reviews. I, I want to put these scripts out there in a readable way so that people can just go to the site and read them and I would just list them as so I have an episode about Kirby's Epic Yarn. That was one of the more recent ones. And then I would just have Kirby's Epic Yarn review. And then I would have the script. And that's how it was structured as opposed to the Attack the Backlog episodes where I, I try to be cheeky usually with the titling. Or I, I'll just be very, I don't know, attention grabbing. So with the Uncharted Lost Legacy one that just came out, I was like, Uncharted Lost Legacy is my new favorite Uncharted game or something along those lines. But with the, the script in its written form would just be Uncharted The Lost Legacy Review. And, and having that available for people who either don't want to watch or listen to the episodes or, or just don't like that or prefer reading stuff or they want to read what I said in addition to it for some reason. I don't know. But... That is the current plans with Attack the Backlog in terms of the process. Some little behind-the-scenes info for you there. Because I'm just always trying to better optimize my process and make things a bit smoother. Make it so that I can get through things faster and therefore create more content and, and just have more time to do this and that. And I think that will be a good plan moving forward and then streaming i'm so close to hitting the affiliate numbers that are required to to be an affiliate and i really want to get there soon at this point i think my average viewer count will will get there after it makes up for the lack of viewers initially and then i just need i think three more followers in order to hit 50 and then I will have all the requirements for becoming an affiliate. And why that matters to me is not because of the ability to get bits and all that kind of crap. I, I don't care about the opening up of a revenue aspect. But the video quality options on Twitch are locked behind a bunch of stupid bullcrap walls that don't make any sense to me. I don't care if there's a cost tied to it. If, if, if it does cost a lot of resources and whatnot to offer those options for every stream, Twitch is owned by Amazon. They have the money. They could do it. And video quality options are something that can really benefit the smaller streamers more than anyone because if you are streaming in 1080p 60 like I am and you're not given those options or you, you're not able to give your potential viewers those options. If somebody's watching your stream on a phone and their connection is spotty and therefore your stream is just really choppy, they're going to leave right away. And any potential viewer for a new and up-and-coming streamer is huge and to potentially lose one just because 
Twitch is saying, you're not important enough. You're not special enough to get these really basic fundamental options. It's, it's bullcrap. I hate it. It's the thing about Twitch I hate more than anything, really. But in order to get those transcoding options, those video quality options, you have to be a partner if you want them guaranteed. But if you are an affiliate, you're part of the priority list and it's much more likely for you to get them. It's not guaranteed, I guess, from what I've read, but it seems to be pretty likely that you'll get them. But again, not guaranteed. However, pretty likely versus not likely at all is a, a significant jump in potential. And I know there are, I guess, not reports, but people say that you can get around this if you're not an affiliate by just starting your stream and ending it and repeating this process until it does show up. But I don't want to do that. That's an annoying hassle and I'm not going to do that. So just get into that affiliate place is, is what I really want to do to make the overall user experience better. Cause I don't want to stream lower. I, I don't want my max settings to be lower for those potential people, because if you can, if you are capable of streaming in 1080p 60, why not offer that? So it's just, it's dumb. I don't, I don't get it and I never will get it, but that, that's fine though. I didn't mean to say though. I don't need to say though. I, I've just really been enjoying streaming still. I have yet to run into any kind of negativity in my streams. Finally, the first person asked why I stream in grayscale or I, I have my web set, web set, my web cam set to grayscale. And it is because I am body dysmorphic and I just feel more comfortable putting myself out there in grayscale. It makes me feel significantly more comfortable. It makes me feel less self-conscious about my image. And I don't feel like I look anywhere near as ugly when not in color. So I think it's fine that way. And I may have mentioned this on the previous podcast already. I, I will say this about streaming because I'm streaming and therefore I'm talking to chatters and viewers and all that. And sometimes just talking to myself. It makes it so that it's hard to remember where I talked about this and that. And if I'm repeating myself, I don't, I don't know anything anymore. Time is no longer something I'm conscious of and everything is the same and not the same. And it's just a nightmare in that sense. But I, I've been having a, a really good time streaming. It's been a very pleasant surprise so far. I just, I would like to see a bit more growth and expanding of my community, my small community so far, because for the most part, it's been people who I know from this place or that place. And I want more, hey, I don't know you. I've just stumbled upon you. And I kind of, I kind of dig what you're throwing out there. My, my one main regular who, uh, I had fun talking to, they're just in a completely different time zone. So when I stream normally is not good for them and that kind of sucks, but enough about all the streaming and all my kind of nonsense. News happen, of course. We're getting into the thick of E3 very shortly. It'll be starting for real, I guess, tomorrow, Saturday, the 12th. And then we'll get the big hitters starting on the 13th with Xbox. 
but we had the Battlefield thing on the 9th, which I didn't watch, but I guess Battlefield 2042 is the name of the new game. No single-player campaign. There will be bot play, which I am excited about. It's giving me a lot of 1942 vibes. It seems like they're going back to their, their roots, and if the bots feel good, I can be all for that because I, I appreciate playing against bots and the ability to play against bots. And it'll be up to 128 players on the current gen consoles, so the series consoles and PlayStation 5. I'm assuming then 64 for last gen hardware. And three different modes they're focusing on, none of them being Battle Royale-ish, even though one sounds very Battle Royale-ish, the hazard mode or whatever it's called. But yeah, we'll learn more in July, I think, with a release date of October 21st for regular purchasers and the 14th for people who buy the $120 Ultimate Edition or whatever, which is very pricey for a game that has no single player it is going to be one of those games where and this this just sucks that we see more of these but it will be one of those games that isn't cross gen default bundle what am i getting at it's not a smart delivery game or whatever i I don't think there's any terminology for the equivalent on playstation but you will have to buy like the hundred dollar version to get both console versions of the game together or otherwise it's seventy dollars for the current gen version and sixty dollars for the last gen version which is annoying i don't like that but it is what it is so what are you going to do in that front but then we also have the summer game fest or whatever keely's thing is called which was very very underwhelming outside of the two bookmarks that made it interesting we of course all knew pretty much at this point that elden ring was going to be there and that it was likely going to be the one last thing game and it was the one last thing game keely was way too excited about it i was like calm down i don't i don't i don't buy your excitement i mean i i'm sure he is excited but i just keely is someone who i've never completely gelled with but elden ring looks really 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 good it it looks like souls meets shadow of the colossus and i'm 100 percent down for that i i i think it could potentially be my favorite from software game fingers crossed it has a release date of january something 2022 so a bit earlier than i was expecting and this doesn't mean it's going to hit that date it may still get pushed back and probably will get pushed back who knows but I'm I'm very excited for that. And then the big surprise of the show was Metal Slug Tactics, which is a tactics game with the Metal Slug characters and universe and all that, which I guess has some roguelike elements to it and just seems to be very into the breachy, advanced worry, and I'm all for that. The game itself just looks like a match made in heaven. It looks beautiful because the Metal Slug aesthetic is friggin' gorgeous. I, I've always loved that art style. And yeah, it was the one huge surprise of this show. 
Then it was just kind of like, eh, 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 here's Jeff Goldblum, Goldbluming it up. Here's Kojima talking about the director's cut for Death Stranding, which I'm curious if it's going to be a free update for PS4 owners or if it's going to be a separate purchase. I'm feeling like it's going to be the latter, and I'm not happy if that's the case because I, I own the PS4 version, and if I have to rebuy this director's cut, depending on how much it adds, I don't know. Or if it's like, hey, the director's cut adds a few bits of more content, but also makes the game run better. Because I don't, I don't know if Death Stranding proper runs at 60 FPS on the Pro and therefore also on the PS5. But that was a weird trailer. Clearly, just not not so much making fun of Metal Gear, but just really like jabbing Metal Gear in the side with its elbow, hey, hey, Metal Gear, hey, Metal Gear, with Norman Reedus finding a box in this space that looks very much like it would be a Metal Gear Solid VR mission type of thing. And he finds a box, empties it out, and looks at it, jumps into it, stays in there for a bit, and then gets back out and puts the box away. And they're like, okay, what the hell was that shit? Uh, and... He lingers on like every shot. So when he sees the box on the bookshelf or whatever, he just kind of stares at him. We're like, yeah, okay, we get it. This is super Metal Geary. And then he doesn't do anything. And you're like, okay, I guess he's not going to get in the box. But then he grabs the box. And you're like, okay, he's going to get the box. And then he's just looking at the box. And you're like, just fucking get in the box to do something. What, what is this? What, what am I watching? What is this? And then he gets in the box. You're like, okay, he's in the box. He's not doing anything in the box. He didn't flip it over. Uh, I, I don't know what's happening anymore. What is going on? So, uh, classic Kojima there, and I was all for it. But uh, let's just get on to what I've been playing now, because I don't have anything else to talk about. I think more stuff was announced and shown off in this and that. There was a, like an indie showcase after the summer game thing, I guess, where we saw more Axiom Verge and... I think Tunic was at the Summer Games Fest, but then there were some other things shown here and there, and I, I didn't, I didn't watch that, so I don't know. There's also some heavy rumors about more Microsoft acquisitions, and that maybe they weren't going to be at E3, but that they really want to get them in the show, so they're scrambling to make sure everything's in place. And the rumors are apparently for IOI. Bio Interactive, the makers of Hitman, and of course the upcoming James Bond game, Crytek, and Avalanche. And those all make sense to me. I had feelings that there was potentially going to be something with IO for a while now. I can't remember why, but I just felt like there's something there. It kind of makes sense. And I, I would be... The thing is, like, I, I'm not for any of this stuff. Like, anything that ends up leading to a limitation of where someone can play a game in, like, a series I love. So if the next Hitman, whenever that comes out, is an Xbox exclusive, sure, that's great for Xbox, and I'm a primarily Xbox player, so it wouldn't be a problem for me. And I'm of a place, or I'm in a place where I can buy and own both consoles, when they come out and stuff, so it, it doesn't matter to me. But the more and more 
we have games being exclusive to one platform. It just becomes frustrating and disappointing because I prefer having the majority of games, if not all, which will never happen, but I prefer having the majority of games available for everywhere, for everyone, for everywhere. So that would not be super awesome. But yeah, the the rumors, I guess, are, are other studios as well, but the main ones are IOI, Avalanche, which are the makers of Mad Max, Just Cause, and they worked, I think they did the majority of the work on Rage 2, and then Cryotech, who of course is, uh, makes Crisis. What the hell else did they make other than Crisis? I'm trying to think. They have to make something other than Crisis. And I can't think of all they do the hunt or is it the hunt called the wild or whatever that hunted game is. And then they also did the hunt showdown, right? It's a hunt showdown and then hunting call of the wild. I don't know. I can't remember the, the title of that, but I'm confusing myself now because I think the hunt showdown is the name of that other game. So yeah, that would make sense. This would be them continuing to really take hold of the first and I guess third person shooter market where they're just going to be like, hey, Xbox is the home of shooters. Do you like shooting stuff with guns? Then did you just like, we've got Gears, we've got Crisis, we've got Just Cause, we've got Hitman, we've got all the Bethesda things. So we have Doom, Quake. What else is there? Wolfenstein. We've got Prey. We've got Halo. We've got all these shooters. More shooters than you could ever hope to, to ever play. And that seems very in line with classic Xbox. But yeah, I don't know. There there are also maybe some rumors or rumblings. Uh, to me, like the, the acquisition that would make the most sense because of how much they've worked with Microsoft and, and are working on an exclusive already currently is Sobo Studios. I think that's the name of them who made a Plague Tale Innocence and are the primary, I believe the primary developers for Flight Simulator. So that would make a lot of sense for me. And I, I, I saw also a rumor that they're making a new Plague Tale game. And I think it was called the Playtale Requiem, unless that's not a rumor. I don't know. I'm super excited about that because I had no idea if that is a thing or not. But yeah, that, that is definitely the end of all the news and, and whatnot. And I feel like I've already gone past the 20 minute mark and I've made myself a liar in terms of it being a short show. But if I hit under a half hour, I think it still counts as a short show. So, moving on to what I've been playing, starting with Green Hell, which I really want to call Green Hell Zone, because uh, it just, it just it's, it's asking for it. You know when you see a pretty lady, and you're like, ooh, she's just asking for it. There's something wrong with you if you're ever doing that. If you're saying that to yourself, something wrong with you. You don't ever say that. But if you see a game called Green Hell... It's asking to be called Green Hell Zone because everything wants to be Sonic or Sonic related. We all know that. That is something that we can agree on. But no woman is ever asking for it. Or man. 
or a non-binary person, or anything in between. No person is ever asking for it. Unless the, the person is actually an animal, and their name is Sonic. If so, then they're asking for it. I don't know if this is telling of how I feel about the game, but... Okay, so Green Hell is a uh, first person. Now, stop me if you've heard this before. It is a first person survival game. I know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna let you just uh, pause for a second and collect yourself from the shock of what I just said. But it is a first person survival game that takes place in a tropical setting. I think it's an island. It's probably an island. Aren't all tropical settings islands? Technically everything's an island. It's just, you know, some are a lot bigger than others. But it takes place in a tropical setting and it has a moderate narrative to it, which I think is one of the things that sets it apart from a lot of games like this because it gives you at least something to go after. Uh, some kind of goal to be attempting to achieve. I think the the narrative, though, would be a lot looser if you, for whatever reason, chose to skip the tutorial entirely, which would be weird to do. And it's also weird, speaking of the tutorial, that it has its separate little place in the main menu. But if you start a new game, or even if you play through the tutorial by itself, and then you go back to start a new game, it's going to throw you right into the tutorial. You can't skip it, which is nice. But it's just weird that they even have that there if they're going to throw you into it when you start a new game. But it uh, is where you're some dude and you have to figure things out and, and, and all that good jazz. And initially, it seems like I'm playing this on the Series X. It came out on the Switch, I think, a few months or so ago, and has been out on PC for a very long time via early access. So it's been around for a while. I originally played it on PC here and there as it developed over time, and I grew to like it more as it expanded and did add the narrative elements and stuff like that. But at first blush, it seems like it's not an overly brutal survival game. And that you don't have to worry about a whole bunch of things. And maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Because I, I will get to why I did not put much time into it on Xbox. But I'm pretty sure you really only have to worry about your energy, essentially. And your health. When or what comes into play that messes around with that is a lot of status effects. So... You're not going to just find a box of cereal around that you can eat and everything will be fine. You'll be collecting mushrooms, animals, drinking dirty water, etc. that will bring about status effects. You have to be very aware of your surroundings because while your your things, your your energy and all that stuff degrades slowly, relatively speaking, you can take a lot of damage to both if you, say, get bitten by a snake and, and get poisoned by the venom. And there's a lot of stuff like that you have to worry about. And then in addition to those two things, you have to be concerned about your sanity, which can quickly go from pretty good to just absolute dog poo-poo. And when that 
happens, you'll start to hallucinate and you'll be imagining these tribes people coming after you who you'll have to defeat. And I think it's a it's a decent survival game. Uh, the the menu navigation and dealing with a lot of stuff can be a bit finicky with a controller. I'm not sure that it's really that much better with a mouse and keyboard because the way it works is that instead of just having like a basic menu system, you're going into your journal and you're flipping through things, and it's basically, hey, you you've you've jotted down this particular type of thing that you can craft. And then you select it from there, you place it in the world, and then you take the resources you have and you like I, you donate them to the piece until you've given all the pieces it needs to, to be built. And that's how you do everything. The problem with the game, one, is that I do think it's a little finicky dealing with a lot of stuff. It doesn't, while it has this tutorial that really helps with the narrative and stuff like that and gives you some help, and advice it doesn't do the best job of telling you how everything works and and what you need to do and stuff like that which is a bit disappointing but the real problem for me is that on xbox and i'm playing on the series x again this is an xbox one game it is not an enhanced for series consoles i don't even think it's enhanced for x consoles because it looks okay it looks it looks decent but i'm pretty sure on my Definitely dated, old ass, not as powerful as a Series X and maybe not even as powerful as a One X PC. It looked better, at least from what I can remember. Uh, and it ran better. And that, that is the big problem. I'm, I'm thinking this is shooting for like a locked 60. It doesn't hit. Even on the Series X, which I don't understand how that's possible. Because I would assume that there's more than enough power to run an xbox one game on uh the series x but it runs overall pretty well but it regularly chugged at times it, it, it would just slow down here and there and it, it was frequent enough to be noticeable frequent enough that I, I was annoyed by it and it made me want to not continue playing so Hopefully that's something they can iron out in the coming weeks. And of course, this is something that will not bother everyone equally because frame rate is something that some people are really sensitive to. Some people aren't sensitive to at all. I think I've been growing more and more sensitive to it as I've gotten older, which sucks. I wish I wasn't that way. But it's not even that I think I'm getting sensitive to it, that I'm just realizing that oh that's what's happening i didn't really have the terminology or the the knowledge in general to know what was causing these dips that were jarring to me when i was a younger person but yeah it's a solid survival game that uh, is hindered right now on xbox at least i can't speak to PlayStation, I, I can't even imagine playing this on the Switch. I'm sure it probably looks significantly worse. But uh, I can only speak to the Xbox version right now. And like I said, it's it's not a terrible experience by any means. I've played so many worse games. And, and the drops aren't like crazy in the teens or something uh, drops. It's just these little hitches. 
that are just ugh, just like, oh, this isn't a perfect frame rate. And I just feel like it should be. So yeah, it's all right, but uh I wish I wish it was a bit better. Then Donuts and Justice is an arcade shooter where you are playing a cop. Big surprise there. You're, you're a cop. Uh, you, you pick between one of two who seem to be modeled after the Miami Vice characters in appearance. And I think one of them was named very similarly to the Lethal Weapon Gibson character. Griggs or whatever. Briggs. Triggs. Jigs. Puzzles. Uh, I don't know. And it's an auto-scrolling game. So it's very, very slowly auto-scrolling from left to right. And you can shoot in either direction with the face buttons. So playing this on Xbox as well, you shoot to the left with the A button and shoot to the right with the B button. And then whatever direction you shot last, if you want to throw a grenade, you press the X button. And that's pretty much it. I found the game to get surprisingly difficult quicker than I expected. And I just wasn't having any fun with it. It's not a fun challenging it's it's more of an annoying challenge. It, it's a game that I quickly had no interest in continuing to play because it wasn't fun. The, the The mechanics of it aren't fun. It's not a fun shooter. It's not fun controlling this cop and going around shooting these bad guys, and and the the way they just come in from either side and shoot at you and whatever. It's just it it, it was really really boring and annoying and. I did not want to deal with it at all. And then the last game that I'm talking about is a Dungeon Escape, which is a a very basic ass, lo-fi, super simple, not pretty looking at all, sort of MS painty in its visual aesthetic, which is is fine. It's just not my kind of aesthetic, but it's just a very simple, basic, straightforward platformer where you're avoiding spinning blades enemies you can bop on the head if you want or you can just avoid them collecting coins and getting through the door to finish a level you have to get the the key to open it and then you go to the door and you progress to the next level you don't have to worry about the coins or the enemies or anything like that you just need to get the key that is the only thing you have to do to get to the next level and it's fine but it does nothing in any way, mechanically, visually, or whatever, to stand out in any way that would make someone really need to play it. It is very, very, very much so one of those achievement uh, trophy games. So if you want some easy achievements and trophies, it is a perfect game for you. But don't expect a game that's going to grab your attention and do something interesting in any way. Uh, it's not even like average, at least in the visuals. Like I will take any platformer that feels fine. That's just kind of whatever. If it looks really nice, this is not that game, but it, it doesn't feel bad mechanically. It doesn't feel great or anything. It works. That's what it is. It's just, it's a functional platformer. And that may sound like a real big negative, And to some extent it is, like, it's just so basic that, like, there's not much to say about it. But it does run. It does work. So there's that. 
It just is what it is. But that that's it in terms of what I've been playing outside of the supper attack the backlog. And hopefully this part of the, the show sounds like it was recorded at the same time as the other part because I had a power outage and I lost my AC. And it's like 95 or something here right now. And I was dying for a good long while. But uh, yeah, that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and Attack the Backlog, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe. Across the globe. What was that? Across the globe? Across the globe. You can also check out my streams over at twitch.tv slash PX Sausage. I'm very, very close to hitting that affiliate again. So please, 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 if you use Twitch, I don't care if you never watch me stream at all. Just give me a follow. And, and then you can hit that bell so it's turned off. I'm not asking you to hit that bell so you're notified. You can turn it off so that you'll never, you're never, you're never notified of when I stream. That's fine. Just give me that follow. And I'll never bother you ever again. Uh, but I will appreciate that greatly. Again, twitch.tv slash sausage. But maybe you'll have a good time. This past, what, Thursday, I think, I was doing a bunch of singing and making a bunch of voices, and the people seemed to have a good time. But they were also getting real antsy about me taking my shirt off for a stream, and I was not having that at all. Uh-uh. Don't do that. The, the sleaziest I'd go is a tank top. That's it. I don't want to hear any more of this crap. If I deal with that again tonight, during tonight's stream, oh, I'm going to kill these people. And the instigator is somebody I've been friends with for like 14, is it 14 years? Or is it 15? Long time. She's a, the devil. <sighs> Anywho, if you'd like to check out the more produced and edited stuff I do, video-wise, you can go over to youtube.com slash sausage. You can watch episodes of Attack the Backlog there, which are a very, very good time. I think they're very good, and I'm excited to get to work on more of them in the coming future. It's probably this weekend. I'll probably get a lot of work done, hopefully. Uh, I, I did, <laughs> if anyone wants to buy one, they can. But over, I, there's a link to it on the website. You just look uh, up at the top where all the, the things are. Uh, there's a little thing that says merch. I created a PXS shirt, which is just PXS in the the, the font that I use for the, the name of the site. But uh, you can get a basic ass shirt with PXS on it or a tank top or a hoodie, uh, and, and yeah, you can you can rock that if you want. It's super basic. I'll I'll make more interesting T-shirt designs in the future, but uh, yeah, that is it over there. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over back to the site, pixelatedsausage.com, and if you see something you like, you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy, and if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way as always thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed this here episode and i hope you have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely week and